Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Deutsche Grammophon's international podcast series. I'm Sarah Willis, and as I have mentioned before, I just love podcasting with the Yellow Label's star-studded cast of musicians. When I was 14 and deciding what instrument to play, I told my dad that I wanted to play the harp. He said no, because he would have to carry it everywhere for me, and he would also have to buy a new car. So I settled for the horn, which I'm very glad I did, but I've always loved the harp. My guest today is a harpist, and when she was signed by Deutsche Grammophon, Clemens Troutman, the CEO of Deutsche Grammophon, said she was bringing with her a highly personal contemporary feel to the harp, one of the oldest instruments in the world. Now, how is she planning to do that? I'm going to ask her. Magdalena Hoffmann, welcome to the Deutsche Grammophon International Podcast Series. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> now, that was a very long introduction for you, but I just had to get the fact in there that I wanted to play the harp. <laughs> absolutely. You absolutely had to, because it's really nice to know that. I didn't know that. And yeah, I kind of regret that you didn't become a harpist, I have to say. Although I'm very happy that you became such an amazing horn player. So, <laughs> Well, never say never. You never know. I might uh, exactly. I might and the harp, stop it it's all. Ne- it's never too late to play the harp. It, well, I don't know about that. You have to play the harp when you're legs and your arms are still fully functional. <laughs> so I, I share a dressing room in the Philharmonie with Marie-Pierre Longlamé, our principal harpist, and her harp is always there. And whenever I bring kids to visit or to come to concerts or even grown-ups, they all want to have a go at the harp. Absolutely. You know, what is it about that? Is it just because it's the, one of the oldest instruments? Is it because everyone feels so angelic when they're playing the harp? What, why do people want to run their fingers along it? I don't think so. I think it's just the fact that, first of all, it's huge. I mean, it is huge. It's like a piece of furniture and it's very, you just look at it immediately. Often it's even golden. So kids immediately tend to look at it and go for it. Also, it's one of the few instruments where you really see, you absolutely see how it works. I mean, the piano is basically a harp, let's face it, but with a lot of machinery around it. And there you just, you see that the keys, but you don't see how it actually functions on the harp. You immediately understand how this thing works. And it's also extremely easy for everyone to get a nice sound on it uh, in, in a certain sense. I mean, now that's the key. And that's that was very different when I started playing the horn. You know, if I started oh, yes. with the harp, <laughs> I could have made much noise. I hope my dad was sorry because he had to go through <laughs> months and even years of brum, brum, brum. and I'm on sure the harp, was. you can go brum. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, if it's not in tune, I have to say to my ears, it's a bit painful, but probably to parents' ears, it's still. I mean, it's loads better than, for example, a violin when you start. It's just, that's just torture. <laughs> it takes such a long time to get even one straight no- note and the harp, if it's in tune, always sounds kind of nice. You can play just one, exactly one glissando and it sounds nice. So you're new to Deutsche Grammophon and congratulations you. on your on your new album, A Nightscapes. And the cover is so beautiful, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're gorgeous, but that's quite impressive hair and makeup anyway. You know, they do they do put you in your, uh, you know, put, put you through your paces it's all for Photoshop. a cover. It's all Photoshop. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't believe that, dear listeners. Yeah, she's gorgeous. 
Um, but it's really impressive. You're looking very moodily into into the blue. So I guess it's the uh, blue hour with a lot of night things. But you are also principal harp player of the Bavarian Radio Orchestra. And you just mentioned the tuning. Basically, your life is either waiting or tuning and with a couple of minutes of really <laughs> nerve wracking stuff in, the, in between. I mean, that's how I see a harp player's life anyway. Yes, very, very often that is very, very true. I mean, the tuning part and the waiting part is definitely true almost all of the time. But I mean, there are great composers that that write a bit more for the harp. So sometimes we do have to play through a whole piece. It's rare, but and when we play, even if we have to wait for a long time, when we play, it's always a special moment. And if the composer really wrote well for the instrument, it's it's almost always magical moments. It's really moments when sometimes when time stands still or yeah, when when you get goosebumps, or um, actually now that this week we're playing Mahler, it's every time that I play Mahler, it's it's incredible how the the depth of the instrument, the this deep, deep round sound uh, comes out. It's not this this whole pling pling and sugar on top that you you expect from the instrument. It can do much more, and many composers have understood that. <laughs> I totally agree. I think when the harp is used well in a piece, it's it's just, as you say, a magic moment. And you can never ignore a harp, you know, that harp is never part of the background. There's always something, you know, with a sort of like arrows pointing down the Instagram arrows saying, <laughs> listen to this now. Yeah. Oh, man, I should have played the harp. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> But you've made up for all this counting and waiting and tuning in this album. I mean, I hate this question, what does it mean to you to do this? But actually, it must mean an awful lot to be taken on by Deutsche Grammophon producing this incredible album. But is it a bit scary as well? Of course, it's always scary because once you get this kind of chance, which is amazing, of course, to to record the music that you want to record you have to actually answer that question for yourself. What is the music you want to record? And it sounds like every artist should know that immediately, but it's actually not that easy, especially on an instrument that, of course, has a little bit limited repertoire. Let's say, yeah, for, for this type, this type of harp that doesn't exist for such a long time. So if you don't want to only play that repertoire, and of course there is nice repertoire, but some of the, let's say, great music is missing in there. So if you want to play some of that music, you really have to continuously search for things that work on the instrument, but that also make sense. Because to just take music that you would like to play and then just adapt it and make it work in any kind of way so that maybe the piece also loses some something of its effect, I, I think that's not the right way. When, when I find things that I think that I have a first instinct that would work on the harp, I really ask myself many, many times again and again, is it really, does it really make sense? Does it bring the message of, of this piece of music across maybe even better than on the instrument that it was originally written for, which is often the piano. Yeah, sometimes there are pieces like that, like, for example, the Respighi Notturno, which is uh, the first piece on my on my album. And it, it very much, I have to say, I think it shouldn't be played on the piano. I mean, pianists <laughs> will kill me for that, but uh, I hope they slightly agree with me when they, when they hear it. I'm not the first harpist to play it, but I think it really... It works so well on the harp. It's it's the colors that I think that he might have imagined and um, just, I don't know why he didn't write it for the harp. Let's face it, he could have written it for the harp uh, because at that point this harp existed already. So yeah, the things I'm saying have to be taken with, um, yeah, with a little bit of uh, respect for me being a harpist and of course passionate about my instrument. But I think there are pieces that 
come to life even better on, on my instrument. And yeah, there are a few of those on my album, I have to admit. Yes, there are your own transcriptions, but also, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of contemporary heart. I mean, you promised Clement Troutman, you know, that he said, or he promised us that you were bringing a contemporary feel. And then when, when I got to the Britain, I was like, gosh, and I mean, I, I embarrassed to admit this, but I'd never heard it before. Really? Even <laughs> no, though you I wanted to he- play the harp? <laughs> yeah, no, but I wanted to play the harp because I wanted to play Swan Lake and uh, Sleeping Beauty <laughs> and all those nice things and Ravel and all those and then nice... You beca- and then you became the first female horn player in your orchestra. I mean, that's quite a jump because first, you know, you wanted to kind of be the, the princess I to do the on girly the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I think my colleagues might have a word to say about being yeah. a princess. <laughs> That's for another podcast. Um, but uh, no, I, that's why I wanted to play the harp originally, because of all the pretty things you could do on it. And also because it was different. I always like to be a little bit different. You know, that's um, funny because, Brit- yeah, the Britain, because my story about Britain is actually also connected to my childhood. And I wanted to play the harp because I saw it and it, I had exactly that instinct of, oh, my God, what is that? That looks amazing. I want to have that. <laughs> that was how it started. But then one of the first pieces ever that I heard that I owned on a CD was the Britain and other by a very, very great harpist. And I listened to this piece over and over again. And it's the first piece I really, really remember. I think I almost memorized it without knowing to play even two notes at the same time on the harp. So this was really, yeah, it was really an important piece for me. And that was just coincidence because it was on this CD and I really somehow connected to it. And it's not very typical of this, of the harp cliches, let's say. Not at all. Not at all, which is probably, I mean, I'm sure I've heard it on Classic FM or somewhere, you know, on the, on the airwaves, but I'd never actually sat down and realized, okay, this is Britain and he wrote it for um, Ossian, what was his last name? All all, all harp players are Welsh. I don't know. Why does (laughs) does (laughs) Wales? No, no, because in Wales, the harp was and still is extremely important. It's a, it's, yeah, almost a kind of national instrument. And um, yeah, and there are many, many very important and amazing harpists. And one of them was Ocean Ellis. And Britain, uh, I think, first met him when he composed the, when, no, no, he composed the Ceremony of Kells much earlier, I think in 1942. But then Ocean Ellis performed it, I think, in 59. And that's the first time they met. And then he was so impressed with him that this relationship really continued and he composed many pieces for him, not just this uh, Suite for Harp, which is the only big solo piece, but he wrote many wonderful harp parts in in his orchestra pieces. And um, yeah, it's it's a really, I I love this piece a lot. (laughs) I do too now, so thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really happy that, that you like it because I really think it brings out many of the great qualities of the harp without ever becoming cheesy or in any way you don't even think about all the cliches anymore and that's what I would like most that we don't even have to discuss them anymore in the case sorry. of any instrument no no it's sorry. fine it's absolutely fine you didn't you didn't call me an angel you know that's already that not is, yet I didn't it's, it's on my piece of paper <laughs> here no 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 <laughs> no no I don't think so because you play with Marie-Pierre Langlamé and she's for sure not the typical harp angel so you know this piece really brings out um, something else that is nevertheless very much the harp i mean the opening chords are some of my that's maybe my favorite opening of any solo harp piece i love these chords they're big resonant majestic he writes majestic and then in every every movement is completely different so actually the the colors also in doing a recording you know i was thinking maybe we can experiment with the colors of every movement even with the 
recording, you know, with this, the possibilities you have in a recording. Maybe you could even play each movement on a different harp. I don't know. But I, I really think that uh, it's amazing how different they are and still how much this becomes one whole. And of course, the central piece is a nocturne, which is the reason it's on, on my album. Um, yeah, because the other music is not really nighttime music, I would say. <laughs> no, but I have to say, I mean, that the night theme is very... It, I take it in a broad sense because I have to say, for me, nighttime isn't necessarily just relaxing or you know very calm very peaceful maybe melancholic poetic actually I, I have to admit I dream like crazy every single night it doesn't depend on if I, I drank or not it's just always I always dream and I have very 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 adventurous dreams and they have Techn nothing to do a technicolor dreamer <laughs> yes yes a bit like that yeah there are some things that are absolutely absurd recently I dreamt about a calf so let's say a breed of baby calves that have a kind of hearing that can tune timpanis. I mean, that's just an example, but how the hell oh. does oh that come? Oh my goodness. Come? I think we have to get Freud onto that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I think night is a time of, of many things, of many, it just opens up a different, new, different world. And the harp, somehow it felt to me like the harp has a particular talent of, of opening this, this world. And um, yeah, the colors of the harp and the, the, the way this sound is so direct and, and really goes directly into your body, but also into your soul. <laughs> In a way, maybe this, this quality of intimacy is particularly suitable to this theme of the night. But um, yeah, like I said, at night, you can also wake at, be awake at night and dance. That's why the, the, the other main theme of the CD is dance, because that's also something you do very often at night. <laughs> yeah. What, what, how do you record a harp? I mean, your album is also in, in, in spatial sound, which is this wonderful, uh, fully immersive. The listener can, can imagine that he's like, he or she is just like lying right in front of your harp or under the harp, the harp or all around, <laughs> inside the harp. But, but do you have, uh, are you experienced with microphones and stuff? I had a really interesting conversation on a podcast recently about someone that had really tried out different microphones and they knew exactly where to put them. And we agreed that maybe it would be a good idea to learn that at college because if you can learn how to record your instrument the best yeah. and horn's easy you blow a note and hopefully the <laughs> you know burp will come out but a harp has 47 strings and how on earth do you record a harp well actually i have to say the horn to me seems very difficult because even in the halls that we play in and that you also often play in um it's very it's a very strange thing that your sound goes backwards right That's it goes very true. in a, in a yeah. different direction than where Story the audience of our is life. <laughs> exactly yeah. so if there's nothing that reflects or if there's too much that reflects it's a huge problem so i imagine actually recording the horn isn't that easy either but yeah recording the harp i mean i'm at the beginning i recorded one other cd before but i i admit i don't have that much knowledge about microphones and so on yet and maybe i won't ever have but that's why we need people to work with us that really know first of all what their business is about but also they have to understand what we want and they have to really and i think that's a difficult thing they have to translate the sound that you can hear when you're there but on the other hand which I think, especially with harp recordings, but in general, is, a, is an important fact. If you, for example, listen to music in the car, which is where, where many people, like on the radio, they listen 
so you're very close to the source of the sound, right? You're not in a hall very far away from the source of the sound. So to me, it always seems weird to hear recordings, especially solo recordings, where the instrument is very far away and you can, you can hear the whole room. Because if you listen to it with headphones, it's even weirder because you, you can feel the headphones are on your ears. You feel very close to the source of the sound and the musician, but the sound isn't like that. So I like very intimate closely recorded sounds but of course you that's... can hear you breathing on this yeah you <laughs> thankfully can hear not too much <laughs> <laughs> thankfully not too much i think that's also a little bit distracting of course but but yeah if it's there if someone breathes like that it's it's absolutely fine it's natural it's of course difficult yeah because of all these details and because the harp is a very like i said before you can see how it works but you can often also hear how it works because the pedals of course you can't move them completely silently all the time and if you have to move a lot of them you can hear that because it's It's pedals moving within a wooden corpus, which means you can hear that there will be some noise. But I think that's the price to pay. Or It's even nice to sometimes hear how this instrument works and that it's made of this and that. And like a guitarist, you know, when you have nice re guitar recordings, it, you can hear the fingers moving. You can hear some noises of something touching, you know. So it's, I think that's part of it and that's a beautiful thing. And I prefer that very much to recordings that are, you know, very much faked or from with a lot of hull. What do you call that? Like re uh, reverberation. Re yes, yeah, exactly. Reverb, like fake and all that. I don't like that so much. I prefer the the more intimate recording but it's still I have to say it's still very very difficult to find the right color because the sound that I have on my ear is already so different from what someone in the audience would hear even if they're close but it's completely different so when I hear my my own sound in a recording I always think oh god is that oh no okay that's uh, is that really how it sounds because I can never hear myself from outside you know I can never stand outside of myself and listen to myself in front in front of the harp so that's I think that's an an eternal challenge yeah and in general recording is is very challenging because you have to fix something in time that is actually not fixable right because moment all and also your fingers oh my goodness you know like the last movement of the Britain that hymn yeah. oh yeah I was, I was thinking god are her fingers bleeding in that it's incredible <laughs> no, no, no. no no you of course you build up a little bit of uh, rough skin and you have to take care of it as well but um yeah you, you build up a resident Yeah, resistance. What do you call that? Re resistance? Yeah. To the yeah, resistance. But I mean, recording is really much more intense than, yes. than playing. I mean, how many hours a day does a harp player practice? Are you like violinists or pianists who just go, you know, or are you more like horn players? How much do, do violinists practice? I don't actually know. I don't know. I know. Eight, uh, Hilary Hahn Even told me she hours. still practices. Yeah, a lot of hours oh a day. Oh my God. No, 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 definitely not. I mean, I think there are harpists who probably practice almost that much, but... I very rarely did. And now I definitely don't because when you have, I mean, you know this, when you have rehearsals, you just don't have the energy anymore to practice for hours and hours afterwards. And I also think it's not necessary. I think much more than four hours is not necessary. If you manage four hours with all your concentration, I think the problem is more the head than the actual, than the body and the fingers. The, the head just gives up at a certain point and concentration just doesn't last. So yeah, four hours for me seems to be the... The limit with which I think I should be able to to manage everything that I want to manage. And, and then to, your fingers are, are, are calloused enough to get through a yes. recording, a really hardcore many hours a day recording. Yes, I mean, you have to, just like singers can't sing all day, you have to fix the time sensibly and have enough days for a certain number of repertoire because otherwise it's just... 
it's too much. <laughs> so what, what direction would you like to see the harp going? Because, of course, you've gone through the, you know, the angelic, stereotyped uh, girls in fluffy dresses, um, you know, the stereotype picture of a harp. And, and everyone's breaking through that now, of course, you know, and also some of the best harp players in the world are also men, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is which is also, you know, that's it's funny. We're, we're always thinking in other branches, oh, great, the women are coming through. But as harp players, it's <laughs> exactly. great. We've got the men coming. <laughs> <laughs> we have a mena quote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. But but you know how you're you're now a Deutsche Grammophon artist. It's also quite a big responsibility because you don't want to fall in that category. You obviously don't, and I love that about you, and I love that about the album as well. But in the album, I've also I have to get my paper here because there were people who I'd never discovered, like Tournier and Field and Hersch um, and fantastic. Even pieces. Field, you didn't you didn't ever hear about Field before. I hadn't heard. No, actually. <laughs> I could pretend I did, but no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, it's okay, because probably there are lots of... Now it seems weird to me, but I don't know anymore if before I really knew about him. For sure, I didn't really know about him, but maybe I might have heard the name. But now that I know, it's really strange to me that we all have no idea who he was, because he was the inventor of the Nocturne, and he was a huge influence on Chopin. Chopin wouldn't be what, what he then became without field. When he was a, a young pianist, he was really, really happy about someone telling him that he had the touch of field. So this was a big idol for him. And I think it's also yeah, a beautiful discovery on the harp, because this touch, this special touch, is a kind of as we know, a velvety touch, not so much percussive on the on the piano, but yeah, all these lines and all that, that that's a very different touch on the piano than maybe before or after, or, you know, with different composers. Um, so on the harp, I think we might be able, but it's a lot of work and always, you, you're never satisfied, but we might be able to To find that touch because we have a we have the possibility of a very velvety sound and yeah and the difficulty of doing a legato on our instrument is in the end just as it's just as hard as on the piano I mean maybe it's a bit harder still because you you can even hear the plucking of the string but also on the piano to have a touch that doesn't make the the hammer audible is also very difficult so I think it's a it's a challenge that always makes you a better musician I mean you as a horn player you have this beautiful task of making a line with your basically your voice I mean with your breath splitting the notes <laughs> yeah but it's it's what you do all the time and what most instruments do all the time I mean even violins cellos like all the strings they they work on lines and that's one of the biggest elements of music and we play lines we on this program on this uh, album I have lots of pieces also the Italian pieces that are very much dependent on long lines and it's incredibly hard I'm never such I'm, I never get that I always think oh no it I just don't manage to connect you know I The, the, the note just drops but the, the challenge of trying that and of yeah working with this impossibility and feeling the, the lines inside so that somehow it comes across um, this, is, this is very beautiful and yeah I that's hope that the thing. I uh, you know, if, if I can even even dare to give you a hint of what we do, is maybe it helps a harp player. We do it with our breath. Yeah, and, of and course. Because it comes out of us like that. So I think you need, if you if you want to find the lines, you have to sing something or even breathe through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But, but even you have then, so many notes. Yeah. But even then, even when, if, when you when you sing it, you have very different possibilities, right? I mean, the, the, the question of, for example, how you say a, a sentence and where you put the comma or where you put the emphasis. I used to do this with 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 the prayer. Uh, what, what's it called? The Fata Unza. The uh, Lord's Prayer. The Lord's yeah. Prayer. <laughs> this is weird, but 
you know, when I did sometimes go to church as a child, um, there was always this friend. Everyone said like, and I thought, oh no, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, what sense does it have saying this? And then I just changed the emphasis every time, and I just put it on completely different words, which irritated everyone around me. But I thought, wow, it changes the whole meaning of the sentences, right? And this is the same that that's really the same what we do in music is the same we have to speak we have to tell stories we have to make sentences phrases that's why it's called phrasing right and we have to decide where to put the emphasis there are of course rules like grammar just like that in music but we have to work with those rules and also decide when to maybe ignore some rule or know the rules that's yeah that's already a big challenge so I think that's in the end that's the same on every instrument but of course an instrument that is a harmonic instrument has different um, responsibilities as well but when we have a line and Chopin was a master in this right connecting those two and making incredible lines for this instrument for his instrument for the piano he he challenged us to do this I mean not us but now yeah, us I was going to well. say not quite you guys <laughs> not, not but quite <laughs> but I tell you if us horn players could steal the nocturnes we would it's just too many <laughs> notes for us <laughs> So I think it's great but that you But maybe as you an ensemble, you know, with the whole horn group, oh, maybe. Oh, no, too many, too many notes in there. Too many notes. <laughs> the slow ones, maybe. Yeah. No, I, I really I really like that idea. And that, that's what the best thing is about music, is that some people can put their comma there and the next person can put it somewhere exactly. else. And, and But it's so important to know the rules. That's very important. Yeah. That's something that, you know, you do have to sit down and learn. But, you know, bend them then a little bit for the sake of a musical line. Yeah. So I, I really like that. So what else would you like to see the harp do? What 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 would you like to do um, as a Deutsche Grammophon artist, or, or even as a harp promoter? Because I know the harp is quite a the harpists are quite a close community. Um, you did some nice zooms with uh, with harp classes uh, that I saw on YouTube. We all um, didn't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to say, I personally think in the end it doesn't matter what instrument you play. I think really the music should always be the music right and it doesn't really matter in the end what instrument you play but of course I do love the harp and I chose the harp because it because it is a very old instrument it actually comes from bow and arrow you know that's already an element of, of uh, fascination for children but still for me because when you start discovering how it developed and all that it's it's incredible it's really incredible the the development of this instrument but also this this quality of um, sound that that goes so directly through that because it is a body you know it has a body this instrument has a huge body itself so it goes directly through your body the, the listener's body and the performer's body as well and I like this haptic let's is that a word I'm just inventing that now is haptic no, a word there's, there's there's something on my on my MacBook that says sounds and haptics so ah, I think perfect. that must be a Great. word yeah so that, that's yeah. an English word then <laughs> so yeah the, the 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 really gripping the sound grasping the sound I've very much like that uh, element of this instrument and I think of course but many harpists say that there are so many possibilities still because this instrument in this form with these possibilities and harmonic possibilities doesn't exist for that long so there must be uh, still many many great pieces to be written for our instrument on the other hand I think because it is such a <laughs> it is such a piece of furniture let's face it and we're not that mobile but it is a very it's like a requisite you know in theater pieces you know you can use it like um, a prop yeah, yeah like a prop, a prop. exactly like yeah. a prop you can really do things with it that you m might not be able to do with other instruments just because it's it's there you cannot 
not see it. It's impressive. You can use it in different ways. I very much like theater and, and yeah, connecting different elements of, of the arts. And I think the, the harp is very, it's a very useful instrument for these kinds of crazy ideas and projects. Oh, you um, can do great things. I mean, that, exactly. it's such a visual, visual thing. It's fantastic. The horn is similar too. I mean, when I go and talk to kids, the horn, that what they love the most is that you can empty your spit out of it. You know, <laughs> exactly. that, that, that's the part they never forget. Uh, you can't really do that with a harp, but uh, you, you, kids will never forget the moment where they saw or even got to play a harp. It's, I, exactly. You're right. And, I, I, and you're such a theatrical person as well. I love that. And I can <laughs> so imagine you doing some sort of uh, one woman show yeah or even I mean it doesn't have to be one woman I mean you can that's the great thing because you can really do enough with your harp to do a whole show and it's still interesting yes exactly (laughs) harp and horn but you know there are so many possibilities because the harp has this amazing quality of being an accompaniment that never really disturbs other instruments but it also doesn't disappear there's um, this belief that the harp is too quiet to accompany uh, brass instruments for example which is absolutely wrong I mean you know that especially with the horn it works very well but even with a trumpet, it can work incredibly well. I think it has, yeah, a wonderful, let's say, a bed of sound for other instruments. So there are many, many possibilities of combining it. And I, I love collaborating with other artists, not just musically, but, you know, with many. I love people who have great ideas and then, you know, you just create something together. But something that really fascinates me and interests me and that I've not gotten to do as much as I wanted to up till now is the oldest combination of the harp with something which is the voice I mean the harp first of all became an accompaniment of the voice because you can sing and accompany yourself at the same time which is can amazing. you do that um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't no I'm not going to answer that I did Aww. I did do that as a child but that's it's not something I'm going to do I prefer doing it with people that can really sing <laughs> and then I can focus on also playing harder stuff because you know if you if you do that of course you have to limit a little bit what you can play while while you're it because it's just like playing and speaking at the same time it's it just the coordination doesn't work that well unless you really train it uh, but I would love to work with with amazing singers and and do some even some leader because I think some of them are perfect I absolutely love Schumann he's my probably my absolute favorite I have to say and uh, some of his leader I've always I've done some and they work very well but I think there are many more that that can work extremely well you heart players you're such thieves yes you I steal. know sorry <laughs> no I'm but jealous not only I mean, us not only no, us there are others well. <laughs> but that's a nice idea I like that leader idea a harp and and voice I yeah, think it much would still more be like, more impressive like, you know, if yeah. you sang them <laughs> no 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 <laughs> If you heard me sing, you would you would regret this statement. <laughs> well, we'll do that on the next podcast. Usually, oh, at, at the at the end of a podcast, usually I get or in, no matter what I'm doing, I usually make the guest play my horn. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. The horn challenge, but unfortunately, firstly, COVID times, I don't pass my horn out, and this and and I, you don't have a horn or anything there. But I wanted to give you a horn challenge. Will you make me a sketch? Of, a, of ho- a horn doing something because what what the listeners maybe don't know of a horn doing know, something or of a horn player doing something <laughs> oh you you you're completely free you're completely <laughs> I would just like to see it um, because what my, our listeners maybe don't know is that you're an incredible um, artist you make inc- beautiful sketches usually <laughs> while you're waiting to play in the orchestra right sometimes yeah but of course the the more elaborate ones I, I make at home just because 
you can't do that. I mean, you can do a lot with just, uh, you know, a piece of paper and a pen. And um, sometimes in rehearsals, when people don't move too much, I try to just sketch them. Or then sometimes I just have an idea during a rehearsal. For example, I did one of Leonidas Cavajos as a lion tamer because a colleague just said that somehow. She just said that in some other context. And then I suddenly saw it in in, in my what do you call that in inside of my head and I, and I thought okay that's that I have to do that and then I did <laughs> him with his violin and his his bow as a lion tamer and there's this lion so yeah these things sometimes just it's I, I call it associations it's just it's things that come to your to your brain and um, then you yeah you just make them happen in a, in a way uh, it's a great talent I think maybe you're gonna have to design your next album cover yeah a, actually we uh, were even thinking about this first one but then the ideas didn't work the ones no, that I the pictures, the picture's too pretty. I think it's good to introduce you um, with this gorgeous photo. But uh, your sense. sketches have got to be... When when we had Rolando Villason, he likes to sketch too. And, oh, nice. Uh, and he took the horn challenge and he made a really nice picture of him playing the horn with a lot of <laughs> wet puddles on the floor. <laughs> oh, nice. So, so one day I would like to see a horn sketch from you. But I admire all you do so much. And also your project in Colombia, uh, Casa Hogar. And I know, you know, being connected with Cuba, how much yeah. uh, these projects mean to us and, and, and how much not only we can give there, but how much they give us. Absolutely, it's just, exactly. It's so incredible to experience that level of love and passion for the music. And uh, and I saw some videos of you down there. So congratulations on Thank that. You. And I, I, hope, I hope you can combine all these wonderful, crazy projects. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and so that we too. do that we do many more podcasts along the way and in person I hope <laughs> exactly next time. I hope so too in person is just it's a different thing just like going to a concert or listening to a recording <laughs> well congratulations on the album really and you taught me a lot about the harp and uh, I was yeah, a bit ashamed that I meet, knew so little if we ever meet I'm absolutely going to give you a lesson and that's going to be the start of your harp career <laughs> hooray no one you know not even Mary Pierre has offered that yet what? you know of course, no. of course I, yeah but you know we share a dressing room you don't really so I never want to bother her and she probably doesn't want to bother me we're all warming up in our own ways but uh, but yeah that that takes me really back to those days and my dad was like nope I'm not buying a new car <laughs> no no now you don't need a new car now we just we'd, uh, I'll just teach you <laughs> so do you have a really huge car that you have to take actually I have no over? car at all ah that's I, the best I way to do I don't like it. having a car and it's so easy by now to rent cars that whenever I need one I just rent it I pick it up I put the harp in and that's it Soon you'll have people picking you up just to... That also happens, like, actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> With nice. Deutsche Grammophon, that's a very nice... Yeah, it's a very nice luxury, a piece of luxury that they pick up the harp and I don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, man, I should have played the harp. Okay. Anyway, I'm glad you played the harp. I'm glad you made your wonderful album. Thank you so much for joining Thank you. us Thank on you. this podcast. And dear listeners, that was Magdalena Hoffman. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more future episodes and also catch up on past fantastic episodes do subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast from i'm sarah willis and this was the deutsche gramophone international podcast series and magdalena hoffmann vielen dank danke <laughs> see you soon bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.